After suffering a tough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers players in the locker room after the game had some concerning comments that make us wonder if Brandon Staley is losing this locker room. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David. What do we got today? Today, Daniel, it's buy or sell. So that means we got to get into the biggest storylines and overreactions after this latest loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, is Brandon Staley losing the locker room? Has Justin Herbert been better under Kellen Moore and the Chargers season? Is it on life support? Yeah, man. I mean, after seeing the comments from Austin Eckler or hearing the comments from Austin Eckler, I should say, I mean, there's... A lot going on in this locker room right now, which happens when you're two and four in the season. But this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. David, today we're doing buy or sell with the biggest Chargers storylines and overreactions, as we always do on Tuesday. And it feels like there's some really big ones to get into today. But it starts with what happened in the locker room after the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, where. Austin Eckler said this, he was in the, you know, a reporter was asking the question, is there still faith in Brandon Staley? And in the middle of that, Austin Eckler interrupted him and said, we have no choice, right? And that is the part of this that sticks out. And I'll give you the rest of the quote, but David, that's what makes the first buy or sell this. Brandon Staley is losing the locker room buy or sell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think that you can come to any other conclusion, but to say that he is losing the locker room, so I'm gonna have to I have to buy it because the players are, are the guys that go out there on the field. They're the ones that are playing for their coach and they're playing for this organization, and they're the ones going out there and they're gonna have to deal and live with the results. But um, with what Austin Eckler has said there, I mean, it seems very very da- very damning um, his words, and I just think that it was just the shortness in his response, Daniel. It was yeah. like the reporter didn't even finish the question before he comes out and it says, is. we have to, right? I mean, it was just like a, like a very matter of fact, like, of course, like, I, I mean, I, I have to be here. I have to say this or like, or it kind of just slipped out more, more so I have to say it like it slipped out and he was not expecting it, but I think that was definitely his true feelings in that moment. Yeah, he said this was the full quote. We have no choice, right? Yeah, we have faith. Yeah, this is our team. This is who we're riding with. It's all the way to the end, you know, good, bad, ugly, all the way to the end. So I want to give the full context of the quote, but it just, man, it was pretty damning. I I mean, I don't know how you look at that. And obviously we're talking about, you know, somewhat of a disgruntled player who didn't get the contract extension that he's looking for. You can't base the whole locker room based on what one guy is saying. Of course not. And the other part of it is, is it's really, really hard to go interview guys and have guys stand up and answer questions, which is part of the job 100%. In the heat of the moment, though, and expect not to hear some things like this slip out sometimes at the same time, right? Like, I think that I would 
sell that he's lost the whole locker room. Like this is not a team that's not playing hard, right? Like it, yeah, this is a true. team that was right in it till the end against the reigning Super Bowl champions who won their sixth game in a row for a reason, right? Like at the same time, there's not a different way he could have said it to make me any less concerned. Like <laughs> Seriously. he literally was like annoyed saying like, we have no choice, right? Like that yeah. is not what you want to hear. That is not a vote of confidence in Brandon Staley by any means. And then he immediately realized how it sounded when it came out of his mouth. So he backtracked a little bit, right? And started saying, yeah, yeah we have faith. Yeah, this is our team. And I'm willing to give some benefit of the doubt here. But like what I think was just as concerning is that David is what you heard from other players in the locker room about what actually happened in the game. So yeah. Daniel Popper, credit to him, went to a lot of the players and asked them about the coverage, especially what they did in the first half and why Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes were allowed to so easily put up over 300 yards of offense, right? Just in Patrick Mahomes' arm by itself and Travis Kelsey absolutely torching them in the first half. Yeah. This is just as damning to me. Like, this is the part that, that's hard to imagine because Brian Staley blamed on a lot of things, said it was loose plays, said it was Patrick Mahomes getting out of the pocket, said that the Chargers ran plenty of man in the first half. But when Daniel Popper asked Michael Davis, and there's some mildly bad language at the end of this, if you have kids, you can skip it through the next minute if you want. But he said, we played zone. Kelsey just goes to the spot and turns around. It has nothing to do with Travis. It's us. We got to get on their ass. When you come down and play the Chiefs, you got to come out and play man and get on their ass. And he's saying they didn't do that. Like, and they obviously didn't do that. We yeah. saw how much better they were in the second half when they actually started playing more up and they made things a little bit tougher. And then you have Derwin James straight up saying, we played a little bit too much zone in the first half, David. And I don't think they knew what Brandon Staley said, right? His press conference, right? They probably didn't hear what he said. So they probably didn't hear him say we played plenty of man. Probably didn't not. know they were contradictory, contradicting him. At the same time, man, like the players, like if you're selling something and the players know you're doing the wrong thing, that's really tough. Well, and it's not even just that. It's like everyone is saying the same thing. All of your players are saying the same thing. It wasn't just Michael Davis. It wasn't just Derwin James. It was Jazeera Taylor, too. He said, but once we realized we, he was eating up the zone like that, which he usually does, we're going to win or lose with man uh, basically saying, hey, I mean, we, we recognized too late that we were running too much zone and that Travis Kelsey was eating us alive. So we knew we had to transition to go to man coverage. And you got to yeah, live or die. also said at the beginning of that, like, hey, sometimes you have to play zone coverage, right? He yeah. did say that on the front end of that. But you have to adjust quicker. Like, adjust yeah. after the first drive, David. Like, yeah. not in the second half. Like, that's crazy. I mean, it was just way too many uh, too many times where Travis Kelsey was just sitting there like, hey, I need the football. I'm all by myself. And it was because they were playing way too much zone. I mean, yeah. it was a clear tale of two halves. You played way too much zone in the first half. You got absolutely ignited with gasoline. And then the second half, you go man to man. You get press. You, get, you stay on them from whistle to whistle. And Travis Kelsey has three catches for 39 yards after going for a buck 80 in the first half. So yeah. it's pretty obvious what happened and what the Chargers didn't do but when the coach is saying one thing and the players are saying something completely different that is not a good look that is no. not something that you want going forward and the only way to remedy that is to win if they don't more of these comments are going to co start coming out and the question of if the you know if the Chargers have lost faith in their head coach those are going to start ringing louder and louder and this is what makes it worse. And Daniel Popper did a good job bringing this up in The Athletic in his article after the game, which was Brandon Staley, and this has been circulating, right, all of social yeah. media if you haven't seen it. And when he first got there and asked what his plan would be against the Chiefs, this is what he said. 
You put a bunch of air in the coverage, you'll wake up and they'll have 80%, 85% completion for like three or 400 yards. And with their mobility, playing zone is the worst thing to play because you're not connected and they're going to find it. The Chargers were not connected, right? And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey found it time and time again in that first half. And when you hear that and it's just like, where's the disconnect? Because as Daniel Popper pointed out, in other games against the Chiefs, He's played the most man that anyone plays against the Chiefs. It just seems like he got into his own head there, Daniel. It's like, oh, wait, well, I, I already know the game plan. I know exactly what's going to work, but they know that too, so I have to switch it up. I have to go play zone, even though I know that is yeah, not what he, I like, need to do. Yeah, he outsmarted himself. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he, he, thought, he was trying to play chess, right? Like and, Exactly, when you just had to play checkers. checkers. Yeah. You just had to play checkers. It was already out there. You knew exactly what you needed to do, and they did the complete opposite. Yeah, well, that's what we talked about yesterday, just as far as the spiraling nature of this team right now. And we'll talk about later, you know, just the position they've put themselves in and what they have to do now to even sniff getting this season back under control, right? Because yeah. that's what you're trying to do at this point. Get your head above water before yes. you think about anything else down the road. Absolutely. But if these comments are happening right now, David, like they need to win immediately for these things to stop. Because if you keep going out there and the defense keeps looking like this and the team keeps struggling like this, you're only going to see more and more of this and things are going to continue to get worse. So I don't think he's lost the full locker room right now. I think there's still guys who are going to go in there and, you know, live and die for him and go out and try to do what he's telling them to do. But like, it feels like those numbers are getting less and less as the weeks continue to go by. And if you keep preaching something that's not working, the players are just going to stop believing it. So we have another big, big topic coming up after this. Cause when you talk about is Justin, Herr actually getting better under Kellen Moore because David, that's what we were sold right beforehand this was what kellen moore was brought in to do how much better is justin herbert getting we're going to talk about that coming up right after this first though i do need to tell you guys about linkedin jobs because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business and you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs because linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free and i think that's super important especially this time of the year because you're trying to finish the year out the right way and the one biggest difference to me about LinkedIn jobs, which I heard about from my wife, admittedly, who raves about how easy it is to create a free job post. And she's a, a some sort of recruiter, talent acquisition specialist, as she calls it. But how quickly she can make these job posts and get them out to people because she works in the healthcare industry. And if you need nurses, you need nurses and you got to get them quick. But it's also the quality. That's what she raves about. Getting the right person, getting the right person for your business to go and finish out the year right is important. Make sure you guys check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I also need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy sports site. And of course, I'm talking about price picks. And with price picks, it's super simple. And that's what I really love about it. It's not just, hey, pick your own fantasy team out and put it against some other fantasy team, and here's your budget. No. So much easier, so much better. With Price Picks, all you have to do is pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. It's that easy. The more entries you hit on, the more you can win. And if you hit up six of them in the row, you can win up to 25 times your money. They have great promotions going on all the time. My favorite one is Taco Tuesday, when you get 25% better value on all the projections you're selecting. But this is one that really makes them unique. With the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Tell me another place that's doing that. I'll wait. I mean, that is something that is a game changer. There's nothing, nothing worse than having some money on something and then having one of the guys get hurt and then it throws everything off the track with Price Picks. You don't have to worry about that. So go to pricepicks.com and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL. 
code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. David, some more big subject matter to get into. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me through six weeks is just looking at Justin Herbert, who has struggled over the last three games, really, mostly since. He fractured the finger, right? Which makes yeah. everything a lot tougher. Just like last year, it was hard to know, you know, how much this is Joe Lombardi. How much is this Justin Herbert trying to play through fractured rib cartilage? How much is it him not having Keenan Allen last year or having Mike Williams this year? It's very hard to parse all of these things. But now we have a legitimate sample size of six games where we can kind of compare and contrast what this offense has looked like under Joe Lombardi last year and now with Kellen Moore. So the buyer sell is this, David. Justin Herbert has improved under Kellen Moore. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's hard to sit here and say that right now that you know you think that Justin Herbert has gotten better under Kellen Moore because of how the Chargers have lost the last few games. But I think if you d- dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, you'll see that Justin Herbert has actually in- improved uh, under Kellen Moore. So I am buying it, and here's the reason why. Last year, Justin Herbert's uh, average depth of target was seven yards. This year, it's 9.2 yards. That is a gigantic difference. Also, his yards per attempt. Last year, 6.8. This year, 7.5. So those are both substantial differences. Uh, and then I think once you you look at him breaking his finger and then you look at his completion percentages after that, they're all in, in the 50s, uh, which, I mean, it just ba- basically shows you that that f- injury has definitely had a legitimate impact on him. Also, the Chargers have had absolutely no running game whatsoever, and he's been sacked 15 times already, which he was only sacked 38 times all of last season. So, I mean, he's under a ton of duress, but I feel like Justin Herbert has actually done a little bit more with the plays that he has been given. He's missed a couple shots this year, but I think all of the numbers kind of indicate that he is also a little bit better under Kellen Moore this year. Yeah, I I mean, I could say this. Like, I think the passing game looks better under Kellen Moore this year, but it's hard for me to fully buy that Justin Herbert is actually much better this season than we've seen him. Yeah, I'm not going to say much better, that's for sure. uh, Well, I mean, it's hard for me. I'll say this. I don't think Justin Herbert has been better under Kellen Moore so far through six games. I mean, I know what you're looking at, but, like, average depth of target is just how far down the field you're throwing, right? It doesn't mean you're actually connecting on them, right? That's just where you're throwing the football at. Right. The yards per attempt has been better through six games. This was the first six games of 2022. Ten touchdowns, three interceptions, 6.7 yards per attempt. First six games of 2023, ten touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,592 yards, and seven and a half yards per attempt. So last year he had, you know, 130 more passing yards through the first six games, but he also threw it way more times, right? Like he threw it 257 times last year. So the passing yards number is inflated. And he has three rushing touchdowns this year because he doesn't have to worry about the... 13 total touchdowns compared to 10 total touchdowns last year, but... Four and a half of those games last year that I'm using those numbers for, Justin Herbert didn't have Keenan Allen, right? Yeah. Or five of those games he didn't have Keenan Allen. Four and a half games he was doing that with fractured rib cartilage. So, And you also are taking the worst of the two Lombardi years because he was better in 2021 yeah. than he was in 2022. I think he. you have to judge it as a whole. I think by the time this season is done, we're going to say Justin Herbert looks better in Kellen Moore's offense than we did in Joe Lombardi. I like Kellen Moore's offense much more than I did with Joe Lombardi. You have yeah, I hate the lulls. the lulls, but yeah. When it's clicking, though, it looks awesome. It looks you know, great. Which is super yeah, it looks easy fantastic. To say. Like, it's super easy to say that. Yeah, when it works, it's nice. When Joe Lombardi's offense was clicking, 
it still wasn't as aesthetically pleasing. It was still getting yeah. it seven and eight yards at a time, where now you're actually seeing some explosive plays in the first half, right? You saw multiple 50-plus yard to 49-plus yard plays. You, know, yeah. you had one to Josh Palmer and one to Josh Kelly just in the first yeah, half. Yeah, one in a running play, which is something you didn't see pretty much at all last year. It's just hard to prove it at this point. It's hard to look at a certain part of Justin Herbert's games, whether it's project, you know, how he's progressing through his reads, his accuracy, a lot of those things, and say he's much better now than he was in 2022. It's just hard to say that through six yeah. games. We don't have the full sample size. I think that Kellen Moore is a much better offensive coordinator than Joe Lombardi. It's just hard to sell it right now coming off of the stretch the Chargers are coming off of. But yeah, hard, to, hard for me to give a hard buy on that, that it's like, hey, he's doing this better. He's doing this better. Maybe it needs someone that's more technically refined in the X's and O's, and maybe they could tell us that. But, like, especially over the last three games, it's hard to get away from that in this analysis. Yeah. It hasn't looked much better, right? Like, it's looked pretty bad. And both times, he's been dealing with something. So that's why the next buy or sell is this. The Chargers should have, should have sat Justin Herbert after he broke his finger to let the finger heal. heal. Yeah, I mean, you know, Justin Herbert, uh, the answer to that question is definitely not. I'm not doing it. I'm not coming out of the game. I don't care. I mean, even when I had fractured rib cartilage. And, and, and you have to you take know, that decision not, away from him. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, you, it's hard to sit here and say that the injury has not affected him. But also you have to look at the alternative. Who would be in the game if it wasn't Justin Herbert? It would be Easton Stick. Easton Stick has not played any, pretty much any professional football no. at all his entire career. So You're losing every game that Easton Stick is starting for. Period. You. Right then and there. So absolutely not. Justin Herbert gives even a, a Justin Herbert at 75, 80% still gives you the best chance to win no matter what, because the alternative is putting a quarterback that has done nothing in the NFL on the football field. That's the the simpler reality. And and I understand it. I mean, you you want you know, you want Justin Herbert to be 100 percent. You don't want him to be hampered down. It's clear that it's affecting him. But the alternative is automatic loss. And that's pretty much the way I see it. You also have to think about it this way. Like the Chargers couldn't afford to do it with their season kind of already spinning out a little bit. At right. Two and two, not having that, you know, what they wanted. I mean, yeah, if you knew that they were going to lose the Cowboys game and the Chiefs game anyways, yeah, you sit them, right? And you hope that three weeks with the bye week is enough for it to get sure. healthy. Like how healthy, how much it's going to fully heal, how long that would take, we don't know, right? right. Like, are you willing to miss him for four games if that's how long it takes? It's also his non-throwing hand, but as we've seen, it looks like it's affecting him. Like in yeah. the first three games of the season, before he fractured his finger, it was seven total touchdowns and zero interceptions. Right. Like that's what it was. He obviously injured it on his first interception of the season in Max Crosby's face mask, which was stupid. Not but a good decision. Yeah. At the same time, like the, I was looking for guys with their non-throwing hand and breaking a finger there and how much it's affected him, and it's hard to kind of find a ton of precedent. I mean, Matthew Stafford in 2011 broke a finger on his – actual throwing hand and didn't miss a game that dude is right? tough though man he did he's, i mean he's super so Justin tough. herbert right yeah. but in the game that he broke it he threw four touchdowns or four interceptions in that game so he really struggled obviously it was against Yikes. the bears in 2011 but then he bounced back the next week and had three touchdowns and no interceptions with a broken finger on his throwing hand so i think it's getting better every week like i think he looked better in the chiefs game than he did in the raiders game on the whole right but it's definitely still affecting him yeah and the Chargers can't afford to go out there without him. So that's what puts you in such a tough spot. So I'm going to sell. They should have let him sit because I just don't think they had a chance. And you also have a coach and a general manager that are both on the hot seat. Do you think they want yeah. to sit Justin Herbert right in the middle of a season where their jobs may be on the line? No. Nah. Probably not. But it does feel like those jobs are very much on the line because right now it feels like the Chargers season is definitely on life support if it's not already over yet. So 
We're going to talk about buy or sell. The Chargers season is on live sport and also buy or sell. The Chargers should be sellers at the trade deadline coming up right after this. First, though, David, I need to talk to you guys about game time. The only place that I get my tickets. If you guys are going to events anyways, go use game time. It's that simple. I mean, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And with game time, it's fast, easy, and always you can get what you want, whether it's sports, theater, comedy, whatever you're looking for, you can find it on game time. And I can tell you guys this right now, there's still tickets available for the Chargers game this weekend against the Chicago Bears. If you want to get in on the action, I'm sure they could use your support in prime time. Guessing it's going to look like mostly a Bears fan, you know, game if we're going based on their history. Hey, do your part. Get game time. Save some money. If you're going to go to the Chargers game, if you want to go to this primetime game, you're knowing that you're going to get the best price because the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference of your ticket. So you can't lose any money. You're always going to get the best price with game time. And right now, since you listen to this show, you can download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. You're already getting the best price. Now you're getting $20 off of that with code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. David, more big buyer sales to get into, but first I need to tell you guys to make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL kickoff every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time with the Locked On NFL host. Tanitra Batiste is on there with Jarvis Davis and Kyle Krabs getting you into every matchup around the league, and Locked On is uniquely equipped to handle that because you can get how each expert feels about their team that week to set your fantasy lineup, do whatever you need to do, find the betting odds, you know, find out which teams to bet on. You can find it all on Lockdown NFL kickoff 2 p.m. Eastern time every single Friday on every Lockdown NFL channel. David, these next couple bio shells feel like they could have led the show today, right? It feels like there's a lot of big things that are kind of up in yeah. the air for this team right now. A lot of big storylines, a lot of big overreactions. And I think one of them that I'm not sure is an overreaction is just that the charter season is on life support. Like I still think it's too early to say the season's totally over. But David, the buyer sell was this. The Charger season isn't over, but it's on life support. Yeah, it's not over. Um, obviously, there's plenty of time between now and the end of the season. There's Even a lot of games. It feels over. We know that, right? And if they keep playing the way they're playing, it is over. But yes. we don't know that yet. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that uh, I'm, I'm selling the, the fact that it's over, but I'm buying the fact that it is on life support for sure yeah. because – Two and four right now after these six games, I don't think anybody out here expected that this is where the Chargers were going to be six games into this season. I mean, it, yeah. it's just it's got a bad taste in your mouth. And just the way that, you know, the divisions are already gone. The, the Kansas City Chiefs pretty much already got that wrapped up. So the Chargers have to focus. On, and honestly, they can't even really focus on anything playoff related. They got to focus on winning their next slate of games. That's what they got to yeah. worry about. They got to focus on that before they can think about anything going on in the future. Yeah, and that's what this is about. Like, I'm going to buy it, too. Uh, I mean, you could easily say the season is over. If you say that, I don't blame you for saying that. It does feel like that right now. But, like, also, what, are you just not going to watch the next, you know, 11 yeah, games, fan, 12 Fans games, say that all the time. I mean, games. they say it after every loss, but no, they're going to watch every and, and I don't blame him. Anyway. You know, I don't blame him. And, and everyone is going to watch, and it could be watching. It could still be over, right? Like, sure. those things can all be true at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. You're two and four at this point. You have a one in three record against AFC teams, which is going to make things incredibly hard during the tiebreaker. Like, yeah. and, and what they've done is they've completely, completely eliminated their margin for error. Right, right yeah. now they're only two games out of the wild card, and you can say that, which is fine. But like, 
look at the schedule they have coming up, right? Like, where are these wins going to come from that they're going to need to get to a 10-win number, right, to get to 9-8? and eight? And right now, yeah. it's truly just about getting un- getting to 500, getting your head above water and seeing what happens. But I'll tell you this right now, David, like, this next four games, this next four-game stretch, I mean, you can start with Sunday. Like, the game, the season could be ended on Sunday. You lose to the Bears, that that's a must-win now. It feels like Absolutely. the Jets game is a must-win now. Get back to 4-4 four and four and see what happens. But it feels like over these next four games, they have to probably go at least 3-1, and one, like is the worst that they can do to even give themselves a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm right there with you as well. I mean, obviously you want to see 4-0, but, I mean, you're going up against the Lions, who, I mean, I know they just got their butt whooped uh, by, by the Baltimore yeah. Ravens, but I still feel like they're a very good football team, very physical football team. That still scares me, that I just don't feel like the Chargers yeah. really match up no, how too well you pick them, how up against. How could you pick them to win that game? Yeah, I mean, I can't. And you know me, I'm the most opt- pretty much one of the most optimistic Charger fans out there, but I can't. It's the Bears, I, Jets, Lions, Lions and, and Packers. Packers. Yeah. So that, that's what you need to go. You need to get three out of four of those, one yeah. way or the other. Absolutely. And then you got to go three and one, get back to 500 with seven games to play, and then kind of let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that's what happened last year for the most part. I mean, they got back to a 500 base and then they ripped off a couple of wins to you know seal things up towards the end of the season but that's what they absolutely have to do here and if they don't do that then yeah you can write things off pretty much right after this week yeah i mean hey you want to show me that the season's not over go four and oh in that stretch right get get to six and four and then we can talk about the season not being on life support right but like this is why the next couple of weeks get a little bit more interesting right and a little bit more confusing as far as what they should do because the trade deadline's coming up on Halloween. Yeah. They only have a little bit of time left before, you know, if they're going to make additions or get rid of guys, there's not very much time left. So that's why the buy or sell today, David, is this. The Chargers should be sellers at the trade deadline buy or sell. Yeah, I can't buy it right now. I'm going to sell it right now, but I'm selling it with the caveat that if you lose to the Chicago Bears on Sunday night, then yes, you should absolutely be sellers because at two and five, I mean that that's pretty. I think that's a, a a hole that's insurmountable. I don't think that you can dig your, yourself out of that. I think you definitely should try to ship off some of your higher higher priced guys and let the young kids play and see where they're at and see what they can kind of do with the rest of this season. But there's no way that they should lose to the Chicago Bears going up against yeah. an undrafted free agent quarterback. Uh, and and a team that's just in flux. I mean, they're not a good football team. The Chargers should go in here, and I've said this many times, and I know that the Chargers have lost these games that they should win. They should not lose to the Chicago Bears. If they lose, they should sell. That's it. I think the problem is is you have a coach and a general manager who aren't incentivized to get worse, right? right. Like If it was just a coach, you'd hope that the general manager could put that aside and worry about the future because right. the chances of you making the playoffs have already gone down to pretty much nothing so far in 2023. I think the other big thing is, is people want a fire sale and those things just don't happen in the NFL. And there's a lot of almost untradeable contracts on That's the Chargers true. roster. Like think about this. You traded JC Jackson, right? Which everyone knows is a good thing. They had to do it just from that. You took 20 million in dead cap in 2024. Yeah. How many of those deals, like, you can't jeopardize the future either. Yeah. Either way, like, I also don't want them to go spend a second-round pick on a, you know, a rental for this season either, right, to try to make this team better. Like, if you can find a, yeah, blocking tight end or helping the secondary, right, or helping this team with, you know, a pick swap in the sixth and seventh round, like, which is what they got back for J.C. Jackson, okay, you know, I'm not going to kill them for that at all. 
At the same time, though, people don't get traded for as much as people think they're going to get traded for either. Like never. Kevin Byer just got traded for a fifth and a sixth round pick for and Terrell Edmonds, right, to go to the Eagles. Like the Eagles yeah, he's one of the best players dealing. in the league. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he's a little older now. We're talking sure. about an all pro level safety going for no day two picks, right? A couple of late day three picks. And a player, obviously, that wasn't getting the job done for them anyways in right. Philly, right? And just, hey, here's somebody, a scab that you can put in place of the guy you're losing, basically. Yeah. So I think that's the hard thing about it. Like, the Chargers aren't going to, you know, recoup some third and fourth round picks from this. Like, you're talking about, you know, like, the, the most interesting one is Austin Eckler, right? Can yeah. you get something for an expiring contract with Austin Eckler? Because those are the ones that are you you can actually move more easily right like yeah. the bills would make a ton of sense do the bills want sure. austin Eckler to make a run problem is they have like nine hundred thousand dollars in salary cap space this year so like yikes there's a lot of things that go into it like i don't want the chargers mortgaging their future and trying to trade a bunch of people or you know trade for a bunch of people to try to just make one desperate last gasp this year if you're giving away meaningful capital down the road i don't want them to do that but at the same time I don't know what they're getting a lot for on this team right now. Like Michael Davis, Austin Eckler, expiring contracts like that. Does anyone want Gerald Everett? Those are all going to open up gigantic holes on your team and are basically punting the season away anyways. And it's going to get even harder to get the guys you have left in this locker room to buy in. So nothing easy for them. It's going to be some tough decisions that have to get made. I'd much rather them, you know, spend something late and get something that maybe helps them in the short term this year. If they can get a fifth round pick, sixth round pick for some, you know, someone like an Austin Eckler, maybe you do that, right? Hard to see it happening though at this point. So we're going to get into much more tomorrow because we're turning the show over to you guys because it's fan mail Wednesday. We're getting into our chargers mail bag tomorrow. If you guys want to hit us up, you can do it on Twitter at lockdown LAC or get your voicemail on the show like a tier and call on two, three, two, three, five, two, four, seven, nine, two, four. You can also hit me up at Dan talk sports on Twitter. And David Drogmeyer's DMs on Twitter are always open at Drotalk SD. Again, if you want to get in the voicemail line, that's 323-524-7924. But even if you hit us within the YouTube comments or on Instagram at Locked On Chargers or on our Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, we will answer any of your questions anywhere. So make sure you guys get your questions in so they can be answered on tomorrow's show. Where we'll get into, I'm sure, even more storylines and also Quentin Johnston, who again is underused in this offense. But we'll talk to you guys then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.